Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to the Strong and Capable Podcast. I'm your host, Bridgette Heller. And in this show, we live awake to the world around us so that we can transform our lives and step fearlessly into our divine destiny. Remember, friend, you are strong and capable. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to this episode of the Strong and Capable podcast. I'm your host, Bridgette Heller, and I have on with me today the fabulous Miss Brooke Romney. Brooke, you want to say hey, hey? Hello. I'm so excited to be here with you. I'm excited too. I have been watching your journey for a while. We were just discovering that you were in Arizona and I was not, and then I'm in Arizona and now you're not, but we like crossed paths like the same year. Yes, (laughs) exactly. Kind of funny how life works, but I have been watching your journey for a while and I've always appreciated um, her Instagram is Brooke Romney writes, and I've always appreciated you just have this boldness about you. You just say it how it is. Like, this is how it is. So thank you for that. Thank you. I, it takes a while to become comfortable in saying things, um, but it's been a really a big blessing for me to be able to figure that out in my mind, what I believe and how to say it. Um, and then to see it resonate with others has just been really rewarding. How long have you been on social media? So like I in this started, Brooke Romney writes kind of a whirl. Um, I think it was 2016. So it's okay. been a while. And I started just really small, just sharing things here and there. Probably about four years ago, I got a little bit more dedicated to it and, and more regular posting and, and having a little bit. Um, when I started talking about teens, that really started resonating with people and I felt a, a bigger pull to be on a little bit more. So um, it's been it's been a while and then it doesn't feel like that long at the same time. Mm-hmm. I guess it's all a journey and each part of it's interesting. And you have kids. So is that what pulled you to start talking about teens and parenting? And Yes. So I have four boys. Um, their ages are 10 to 19. And I think the reason why I really want to start talking about it is when my oldest was just entering those teen years, I felt so alone. I just didn't feel like I had a community. Um, Once kids get to a certain age, all of a sudden, no one talks about anything because you're trying to keep things private and which is a great thing, but it also leaves people feeling really lonely and assuming that everyone else is just gliding while you're just like imploding. And so I just felt there was a real need to let women know they weren't alone, um, create a space where it felt like community, where I could share some of the things that worked and some things I did that didn't work, some lessons that I had learned. And I just feel really blessed, not only to be able to do what I love, just but to be able to have a community of women that can lift each other and lift me. It's been um, one of the best things that has happened to me in the last few years. I so agree with you and what you're saying with being a teen mom, because my youngest is 13. My oldest is 19. She just got married. Uh, But I remember when she was headed into the teenager years and the one under her is just young. They're close in age. I remember the same thing, feeling so lonely because your kids are now old enough that you need to keep their life private. It's not fair because if you go tell so-and-so's mom and they tell the kid, then it's gossip at junior high or high school. And so you can't just share like you did when they were a toddler and they, you know, said the S word and you're like, and you're shocked and horrified, right? Like you can't, it's not the same. 
You can't tell yep. these things that happen. And besides that, it, it's intense. It's real life when they're teenagers. It's not just, they said a word they heard on the radio and you can't even believe it. It's, you know, these are real choices that affect long-term their life. Right. And I remember talking to my husband and being like, I feel like I go in, I used to go in and tuck them into bed and read them stories and we'd say our little prayers and it was so sweet and innocent. And now I go in and I said, I feel like I just don't know a bomb might drop from the ceiling at any point And I just have to be okay with it and not re it's like, it's so intense. I'm going into war every night, being these kids into bed. <laughs> so anyway, all that to be said, I appreciate the community that you've created. It is so needed. So Thank good. you so much. It's been so good for us too, for me. And um, just to feel like you're not alone is something that makes everything a little more bearable. So, so this season we're talking about fearless and living fearless and what that looks like and how we live fearless. And I, one of the things that I was wondering for you is in this journey, how did you choose fearlessness? How did you choose that over? Because especially in social media, it can get like, you say one wrong thing and all of a sudden there's cancel culture. It's real. Mm -hmm. So how did right. you get to the point where cancel culture, I'm sure you've had relationships affected by some of your opinions. I know I have, and I'm all rainbow and glitters and sunshine over here. So like, how do you get to the point where you're fearless in your sharing? Well, one of the things that's really helped me is I care deeply about people and I care deeply about what they think and how they feel when they read what I've written. And so it has been a top priority for me to make sure that what I share um, is written in a way that resonates the way it should. I think sometimes when people think fearless, they think caution to the wind and that is not fearless for me. For me, fearless is being very thoughtful and being very deliberate. And when I do that and I share something, um, I feel so much more, uh, I feel a lot more brave because I know that I've put the work in and the effort in to make it come out the way that I meant it to. Um, and that's been really helpful for me is to be able to be very serious and you know, deliberate about what I'm sharing. And because I care about people, I think it comes through. So even when I've said something that doesn't work for someone or doesn't resonate with them, or even if they've been offended, I'm willing to engage in a private message about it and help them understand, you know, something like that actually just happened today. And because I understand who I am and I understand my intent, I was able to communicate that intent to someone through messages. And while we continued to disagree, um, she said, I understand where you're coming from. And I think that that was as good as it's going to be. And I was grateful for that. We saw things differently, but um, agreed to disagree. And that was okay. She didn't say I'm unfollowing or you're the worst. It was all right on this one. We don't agree. And I think being, being comfortable with that, which took me a long time. I am a feeler and I want everyone to be happy and I want everyone to feel love and joy. And so it is hard for me to understand and to be okay when people aren't, you know, on the same page or thinking the same way. Um, and so that's taken a lot of work to be able to get to that point. And sometimes I still slip back into but why can't everybody think the same and love each other? Um, but I've learned to really value um, a variety of opinions, experiences, and be grateful for those because they create a, a much richer life. I really like that idea of intent, both for you and the person you're talking to, because whoever you're disagreeing with, her intent isn't to 
ruin your life or to make you a bad guy. Her intent is probably to educate you from her point of view or to maybe open your eyes, you know, and maybe your eyes are already opened or you're already educated, but her intent is good. Her intent is to share knowledge. Yes. And I have been really grateful that most of the people that are on my page are there because they want to be and because they're interested in being open and learning and thinking about things in a new way. And if those are the type of people that I want to attract, then I need to make sure that I'm being that same type of a person um, that I'm willing to learn and have my eyes open and maybe see things differently. And in the end, if I still don't want to get on board, that's okay. Um, but taking the opportunity to learn more is something that I really value. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it reminds me of one of the first online classes I ever taught a couple of years ago, like online classes. Mm-hmm. I had a Google form and people could give feedback and I knew my intent. Like you said, I knew exactly what my intent was and what I wanted these women to get. And so the feedback was important to me because I needed to know if that message came through. So this one woman, the message came through and there was some um, constructive feedback that I needed. And so I was thankful for that. This one woman, this, I didn't get any information. I don't know why I came to this class. I mean, she just was, it was pretty rough. But what was funny is, and she made really specific comments that of what she was looking for. And mm-hmm. my intent of what I was teaching was not what she was looking for. And so I was able, I actually laughed about it, not in a mean way to, towards her. I laughed because I felt so free because I wasn't upset. Because I knew what my intent was and it obviously didn't hit the mark with her, but it's because she came with a different intent. And so there was this sense of freedom of, I didn't have to carry this anger or this upset from her. I could just be okay with it because I knew what my intent was. I knew what now knew what hers was. They didn't align and it was okay. And it was so freeing. That's that's a really powerful example. I love that. Yeah. So I I just, you brought this up and it's such a a beautiful concept of what is your intent? Are you posting? And I just think in general, we do so many things without thinking in this world. We're so quick to just, oh, it's funny and share it or, oh, it feels good to me right now. And I'm frustrated. So we eat it or we do so many things without intent that the idea of bringing more intention into your life all the time is specifically in social media. Really, really appreciate that thought. Thank you for that. Yeah, no problem. So one of the things that I've been talking with women a lot about, and I'm very curious on your thoughts is what do you see women struggling with? Cause you have this community you're working with and what are some of the common struggles you're seeing right now for women? Boy, so many of them, I think a lot of women have really high standards in a great way. They want to do things well in their home. They want to do things well with their kids. They want to do things well in their marriage and in their relationships and at work. And so figuring out how to have high goals and big aims and, and be their best while also giving themselves grace and time to learn and improve. Um, That's probably one of the biggest struggles. Most of the people that I, you know, they're good people. They're good women. They have, you know, they have a lot of love to share. They have a lot of ideas and and they want to be great. And just the patience in becoming who they are supposed to be and who they want to be, I think is one of the biggest struggles. Um, Dealing with your weaknesses. You know, I had a post today talking about what you can do um, when it 
child kind of sneaks something or disappoints you. And there were a lot of people who were like, yes, yes, yes. And a lot of people were like, oh man, this is so hard for me. This is so hard in the moment for me. And being okay that it's so hard for you and because it is hard. And then also being willing to try and learn and do anyway. So mm-hmm. that, that's probably one of the main things that I see women struggling with just from every age, stage, background. I think it's pretty unifying for women. I have a, a mentor who I love, Gina DeV, and she says, women can have, do, and be everything. And I love that, but there's something in my little spirit that rejects it every time she says it. I'm like, I don't know if I can have, do, and be everything, honestly, because I've tried and it gets really messy. <laughs> like right. it goes good for a while and then it all falls apart spectacularly. <laughs> so, so true. I agree with you. I think women can actually, her, her thought is you can have, do, and be anything you're wanting to. If you're really dreaming of it, there's nothing in the world to stop you from that. But I agree with you. There's this world standard of what that looks like. And women are desperately trying to achieve it and just, they're not perfect. One of the things that comes to my mind is I think there's really power in the word eventually, right? Mm -hmm. You're, you might not be able to do be and what's the other one? Do be everything and have everything right away. That's, that's not even realistic to be able to do that but you can do things now to progress towards that person or that goal or that achievement that you want um I love thinking back to who I was as a young mom I can smile and laugh and be grateful that anybody wanted to be friends with me because my ideas were so uh inexperienced right Mm -hmm. and so I didn't even know what I didn't know yet And so I think just giving ourselves time, time to learn, time to become, time to do. Um, My husband always talks about how everyone wants to be at the top at 23, but there are things you need to learn and do and have experience in to be able to be someone who's the boss of someone um, or someone who is deciding vision for a company. And I think it's the same way with us in in anything we do is giving ourselves time and experience in order to do and be and have what we want to have eventually. I so agree with you. I had this amazing conversation with a friend yesterday, one of my favorite humans in the world. She'll know, she listens, she'll know I'm talking about, (laughs) but she says, I just want to write um, papers. I, I want to write doctorate papers and I want to do research papers. This is not my dream, which she knows. And I was like, oh, that's good for you. I don't want to, but <laughs> she's like, I just so want to, but I have these kids and she loves right? her kids, but so she can't do both. She can't be in the world of academia the way she wants to be and be a, the mom fully the way she doesn't just wants to be her heart calls her to be right. She's called to be. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about not just seasons. Cause I, when people say, Oh, it's not your season. I'm like, no, nobody gets to determine that. So I get like, feisty <laughs> with it. but I do think it's important to acknowledge that there are times when of preparation. So motherhood has been really put down and changed the world, the way the world views it versus how we can view it. It's really been D mm, I don't know what the word I want to use is. It's been 
it, it used to be a beautiful thing to be a mother. Mm-hmm. And now it's just not that important or that cool or that special, if that makes sense mm-hmm. in the world's eyes. But being a mother for those, anyone listening who is a mother is the grandest adventure of your life. It's the thing you'll learn the most from. You become, you learn, you grow. It's beautiful. Motherhood is beautiful. And the world doesn't view it that way. And so we were talking about her struggle between wanting to live this worldly version of amazing and the version of amazing that her heart's calling her to. Mm -hmm. And we talked about that this isn't not just a season, it's a time of preparation, that everything she does right now will prepare her for that academic world in the future. I really love that thought. I think it's hard to feel that way when you're in the middle with like little kids who are pulling on your time and your energy and you just wonder if you'll ever have a chance. And I, it's, it's been really interesting being on a little bit of the other side. I have kids that are in school. I've got one that's graduated, you know, and, and the others are moving along. And I remember thinking when I was younger, boy, I would really love to write a book. I really would. I've always been a writer. I would really love to write a book and, you know, sometimes jotting a few things down here and there and not really having the time um, or the energy, both. And I wrote a book in 2020 and then I wrote another book in 2021 And you're exactly right. Had I written a book in 2010, I don't even know what I would have said or what it would have been like. So I'm really grateful for all of those years and all those experiences that gave me context for what I would eventually write. And I think the same thing happens for what anyone wants to eventually do. Um, Even if you're in a job, you know, even if you're not a mother, even if you're in a job that doesn't feel fulfilling or like what you hoped it would be, um, taking those experiences, learning absolutely everything that you can, whether it be from, you know, skills to people to relationships, whatever that is, learning absolutely everything you can in whatever stage you're in, and then taking those lessons and taking what you've learned and bring it to the next step in your life. I think it's really powerful when we can look at even less than ideal situations and understand what they have to offer us, not only for us now, but for us in the future. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Gina DeVee, since I've brought her up already, she also says, I'm thrilled this is happening to me because whatever situation you're in in life, there's something to be thrilled about. And maybe it's learning, maybe it's safety, maybe but there's something to be thrilled about. Um, because it leads us to the next thing, which is, beautiful. I love that way of looking about things. I love that way of looking at things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause yeah. you know, to be honest, there's lots of years in our life that aren't going to feel especially fabulous. Um, but it's up to us to find kind of those magical moments and the lessons learned so that we can take it and not only take it for later, but enjoy it in the now. So yeah. And every moment isn't, if, if you're looking at it like that, every moment gets to be an experiment, a fun experiment. Like, what am I going to learn from this? What skill am I going to develop? What I, before the strong and capable for those who don't know my journey, like I made cakes, I made baby tutus at some point. I had a hair cart in the university mall or in Provo. Like I, I did so many weird random things because I was open to a journey, but every single one of them led me to the strong and capable. And when this came about, I knew I was ready for it. And that was so cool. That was such a beautiful feeling to be like, yeah, I'm ready for this. Okay. I'm scared. Right? There's fear, but I'm ready. 
And that's that, part of it. What if you wouldn't have taken a chance, right? What if you were someone who had never tried anything, never taken a chance and all of a sudden felt called or moved to do something really big? I don't know that you would have been willing to say yes. And I think about the things I've said yes to. One of one of the best pieces of advice I can give is to say yes, say yes a lot. Say yes to helping on a at a school function. Say yes to meeting your neighbors. Say yes to that random part-time job that somebody says they need, need help with. Um, I know we can't say yes to everything and you have to be a little bit picky, but when you are looking for connection and inspiration and growth, saying yes is absolutely the best thing that I've ever done for myself um, in the moment and then for what I want to do later. I remember back in um, when I lived in Arizona, a friend was writing for the newspaper and she was done. She didn't want to do it anymore. She was writing a mom column for the newspaper and she just said, Hey, would you want to interview for this position? I, I can suggest your name. And I thought, Oh, well, I haven't written for years. I, I'm not sure I even know what to write. I, I just moved here. I don't, who would I even interview? What would I even talk about? I'm a young mom. I don't really have anything to say. And you know, all these things, all these excuses came to mind, but I went to the interview and I pretended to be who I wanted to be not lying, but with confidence. And, um, I got the job and I truly feel like that changed my trajectory trajectory. It changed my life. It made me consider myself a professional writer for the first time. And that has led to so many incredible doors opening. And I easily could have said, I don't have time for this. You know, I have little kids or I'm not good enough or who's going to read what I write or I'm not qualified. Um, But I went ahead and took that jump. And I think people get scared of doing things that they aren't experts at, but we never become an expert if we never give it a shot. So, well, and who's an expert? I was thinking because as we're talking before, it's time for me to write this book. It keeps, it's like in every thought now at this point, I cannot avoid it any longer. It's time. And so I was thinking about different, you know, concepts and tools and whatnot that will be in the book. And I was, you know, what research would I put with this? And I thought, who, we don't do things because we think we have a, have to be an expert first, but what who, how many experts are there even in the world actually? Like actually. It's so true. It's so true. Yep. So few. So if we're waiting for that, well, they're just never going to do anything because if you're going to wait till you're the very best at a reel, I mean, I don't know who's the very best at the reel. I don't even know if that exists. You know, like that's a, right. Right. It's a, it's a false reality that we've created. It's not real. I I absolutely agree. So when we're living fearlessly, one of the things I've noticed is that, and not fear, like you can never fully get rid of fear. We acknowledge that it's there, it's present, it's healthy. But when you're living more in a sense of creation and readiness to say yes, and in this idea of becoming, right, and evolving always, you are more willing to take a chance to try and see what happens. And when you do that, what I have noticed, and I'm guessing you've noticed, is when women, specifically women, step up, but men too, to this plate and fully say yes, the coolest part about it is it's a double blessing. It blesses your life, but it blesses your family, your community, everyone around you. It starts to heal 
your community, your family, the people that surround you with. So have you seen that the same way? And how do you feel about like, as women, what is our duty here to step up or to how do we help heal the world? I don't know if I'm coming across. It's a lot of question and a lot of words there, but what do you think? Do you, have you seen that same pattern and what is our responsibility in this? Well, I think that we can do so many things um, as women, as men, especially when it comes to helping our communities. I think we got really disjointed, um, especially during COVID of people choosing to say no, or they can't help or they won't help. Um, I remember, so I was the PTA president at the junior high school and I was totally not qualified. I had no clue what I was doing, but they needed someone. There was no one that would say yes. So I said yes. And I remember standing in front of, um, there was like a seventh grade rally. So there were all the parents there. And I just said, who can give one hour to the school? Who could give one hour to the school or to your kids or to the teachers in order to make um, our school a great place for our kids to be? And you didn't have to sign up for it, but I just asked like, who can do it? So a bunch of people raised their hands. And then as the year started, um, there were probably about 12 people who were willing to give. And, and those 12 people gave way more than an hour, way more than an hour in order to make things work for our teachers, for our administration, for the kids, to fill in all the gaps that needed to be filled at the junior high. And I've thought a lot about that um, and why we say we can't give one hour in a school year. In nine months, you don't have one hour to give. And I just thought about how powerful it might be if everyone there actually did give an hour. You know, that would be, I think there were, I think there's like 700 students. If every, and we're only talking about one parent, that's 700 hours that could be plowed into a school and to changing a community, changing the way teachers feel about going to work, changing the way the administration deals with difficult problems, um, changing the way the kids feel about being a junior high student. Those things are so powerful. And so I think sometimes we think it has to be so big that you have to be one of the people that said, no, I'll give 50 hours. Cause that's kind of what ended up happening is, you know, 10 people giving 50 hours or something like that. Um, but we can never, 10 people can never do what 700 could do together, especially like with the unity that comes with it. And so just as we all think about what we can step up to do, I think a lot of people think that they have to be someone special, that they have to have a specific talent, that they have to love junior high or, you know, whatever you're asking someone to be involved in. And really more than anything, people just need someone who's willing and they'll figure it out. They'll teach you, they'll encourage you. They'll take your ideas. They'll let you go, you know, let, they'll let you bring granola bars, whatever it is, something that whatever you can do. Um, and so I think the more we can all say like, what can I do instead of, I don't want to, I can't, I'm not qualified. Um, when we approach a situation and say like, how, how could I help? What could I contribute? Even if it's at work or in your family or in your extended family, what, what can I do? What could I contribute? You know, grandpa's lonely. What can I do? Can I be someone who visits once a month? 
can I create a schedule? So cousins pop by, what can I do to change the way the people around me feel and make everything just a little bit better? Mm -hmm. You know, that goes full circle back to the intent. If your Mm -hmm. intent is to, in this case, the examples you give to serve, to love grandpa or to help the school, just to give back, the intent is to help those teachers or the students or help beautify the campus, whatever the intent is, then that's easy to say, here's my intention. I really want to help somewhere, but I only have an, I not, I only have an hour. I have an hour. What can I do? Don't, don't minimize what you can do. Right. Just say it, you know, I want to help. I have an hour. Is there anything I can do? I'll bring granola. You can even give ideas. I'll bring granola bars or I'll take out the trash or whatever it is, you know, or I'll make a schedule. I'm, you know, take your talents you have and match it with your intention and give with, with confidence. I loved what, um, there was a woman who sent a message and said, you know, I'm really busy. I'm working full time. I have these kids. I don't have time, but I have some money. Where can I donate it? What can mm-hmm. I do? And you know, that's super powerful too. A hundred dollars yep. goes a long way in work that doesn't have to be done, that you can go mm-hmm. purchase the cookies or whatever you need to do. And so just even like kind of taking inventory of your life and saying, what, what do I have in excess energy, time, money, ideas, even mm-hmm. if the excess is only a tiny little bit, 10 bucks, what can you do with $10? That's what I've got this, this year, you know? Yeah. And yeah, give it with that confidence. And I really do believe, like you said, if everyone did that 12 versus 700, I mean, man, there, there is a lot of anxiety and fear. And I agree with you. We're disjointed since COVID, but we don't have to stay that way. That doesn't have to be the new normal. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think sometimes people can get down and say, oh, I don't like oh my community or oh this school whatever it is, like, so what can you do to change it? Like you Mm -hmm. are the community, you are part of the school, you know, you are part of whatever extracurricular activity you're in, you are part of your workplace. How can you change the feeling there? How can you change the culture? Because you're part, you're part of that feeling, you're part of the culture. And I've seen really powerful things when one person decides that they want to do something differently. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. And I would say every motivational book you anyone's ever read, any inspirational person who's your hero, it all started with a, how can I do this differently? What can I give? It all mm-hmm. started there in that very way. They saw a struggle or a problem and they decided to be the solution in some way. And that's what starts the journey. Yeah. And it's really, it's really powerful. I think there's enough people, you know, complaining and voicing problems and and it's so refreshing when someone comes with not only with a solution but willing to be part of mm-hmm. the solution yep. not waiting for always yep. yeah I used to always tell that my that to my employees listen I know we're not perfect there are problems but when you come to me with one also come with a solution I don't want to talk if you don't have a solution because we are solution oriented people because someone else shouldn't have to carry the problem we all carry it together <laughs> Yeah. Or even come with a problem and be willing to chat about solutions. Mm -hmm. Let's, Mm -hmm. you know, not everyone. One of the things I've realized is everyone has different gifts and talents. Some people don't see the solution. They only see problems. Problems are important too. But if you say, this is the problem I'm here, let's chat. What can I do? I don't have a solution, but 
but I'm willing to help you work for one. So what do you see? Mm -hmm. How can we change things? I agree with you a hundred percent. And it is, it's the people that approach you that way, that always a conversation is it's like, yeah, let's have that conversation. It's positive. You can always tell an intent by the feeling that follows afterwards. Right. Yeah, totally. Totally. So that's a, we were, I was chatting with a client about ego versus inspiration. And they said, think about the feeling afterwards, right? Mm -hmm. If it's a healthy boundary, you're going to have positive emotions with it. If it's ego related, you're going to get that five-year-old tantrum emotion coming up. You have to think about the following emotions that come with whatever you're working through. Mm, I like that. Anyway, thank you, Brooke, so much for coming on today. I think we could probably keep chatting for a very long time. (laughs) Yes, we could. It would be easy. Yeah, it would be easy if people want to follow you, which they should, because you give great tips. I love, even today, you you brought up the post you did today about curiosity and communication. I actually referenced it to my husband. I said, listen, if we have a little situation with a kid not wanting to go to school, and I need, I had work. And so, you know, boundaries were crossed. Yeah. It shouldn't have been. Anyway, I said, listen, Brooke posted some great stuff. I'm going to send it to you. And we're going to use it as the base of our conversation tonight. So thank you. Oh, that makes me so happy. <laughs> it's so nice when it's useful, isn't it? <laughs> yes. Yes. It was awesome because, you know, you, we all just need that. We need that yeah. positive and that you have the skills and you have the writing skills to put it out there. And it helped me directly today. So never underestimate the influence. Brooke influenced me today and I know you're going to influence the listeners. So how can they get a hold of you and find you? Um, You can find me on Instagram. That's where I'm most active at Brooke Romney writes. And then both of my books are available on Amazon. The first one's I like me anyway. And the second one's 52 modern manners for today's teens. Yep. Then so check her out there and I will put of course all of this in the show notes. Thank you so much for coming on Brooke. Thank you so much, Bridget. So nice to meet you. You too. So I love connecting with you. Come find me on Instagram at Bridget.Heller, B-R-I-G-E-T-T-E dot H-E-L-L-E-R. And of course, the website, www.thestrongandcapable.com. Now, if you're ready to take your business and your life to the next level, you can hire me as your coach. Join me in the Queen's Circle, which meets monthly, or invite me to speak at your events. And please don't forget, friend, you are strong.